Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. One. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rovardo, joined by my two co-hosts today. I've got Allie with me. I've got Alex with me. It's going to be a fun time, and we're going to be going ahead and breaking down the first New York Giants preseason game of the 2023 season. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they lost 21-16 to to the Detroit Lions. It wasn't really a fun game in the second half, but there were some standout performers that we want to discuss, and as Alex likes to put it, there were some players that we want to discuss who should never be on a football field again. So we're going to go ahead and break all of that down in today's episode but before we dive into all that make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you are new ring the bell so you don't miss an episode comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section if you're listening on apple or spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at fireside giants But without further ado Allie, take us away how did you feel about last night's preseason game um i started off really excited honestly i was excited about pinnock i thought he looked amazing i was upset with uh tyra taylor a little bit because i was really excited to see hyatt play and i feel like he only got one reception i didn't really get to see him do much he lost yards on that one reception and it was very disappointing uh i thought john michael schmitz he looked really 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 good as well he was someone who some people said i don't know he was slipping i saw some negative comments i put them out of my head because I thought he looked really good as like a starting center, especially for the NFL. He's going to do great for us. Also, one thing that was in my head, I'm like saying a lot right now, but I had so many thoughts going into the game for our kick returner, our punt returner, Eric Gray. I thought he was kind of slow. No, that was just me who had that idea. No, it's not. It's not just you. (laughs) So the reason like I think Eric Gray looked slow like not alter that good is because i just i think and i said this to anthony last night i just don't think they want their kick returners fumbling you know Mm -hmm. i just i think they want like a running back there so they don't turn the ball over on kick returns punt returns Mm -hmm. like yes maybe you get like an average amount of yardage back but i just think they want to mitigate the turnovers there because that can be like a major turning point in the game so that was kind of my thought i don't know what you think about that yeah no i was thinking i don't know why we didn't put pimpleton out there i want to see if maybe in any other preseason game they try it because i know he had in back in college a game where he basically scored three touchdowns in like five minutes and two were on long punt returns so i would like to see that i don't know exactly where they're going with pamphleton maybe there's something we don't really know going on behind the scenes as to why they don't want to put him out there but i just think that that would be a good thing to try or see at least preseason's the time to do it yeah no totally i mean pimpleton like he's always been that kind of speedy guy um mm-hmm. I think that the problem is that they don't see him as a receiver and like, they don't want to just have a guy on the roster just, just as a punt returner. Like they want them to be kind of like Eric Gray is going to be our backup running back. And like, he's a draft pick. So they're probably like, okay, like he has a roster spot. We may as well use him a little bit more, um, you know, ex- in an expanded role, you know, have him as a kick returner, punt returner, whatever it might be. That way they're actually, they're getting maximum value. Although, you know, I, I do agree. I think Pimpleton would be our best return man if possible, if we could use him in that way, but I just don't think he offers us any value anywhere else. Um, so like that's where um, I think the separation is. But you know, you pointed out some players that stood out last night. You know, John Michael Schmitz, 
the offensive line was garbage, guys, like across the board. Yeah. I mean, like I said last night, Corey Cunningham, the next time he's just see a football field is when he's coaching his son. Um, the, the next time Wyatt Davis just see a football field is so far in the distance that I am not on this earth anymore. I don't want to see these guys. Like, we need to go out and get players who actually can make an impact here. If Evan Neal goes down, if Andrew Thomas goes down, we are in deep shit. Like, that's the unfortunate reality right now. Um, we have nobody behind him. Matt Parrott looked awful as well. So, like, what are we doing here in terms of backup offensive linemen, depth offensive linemen, you know for a fact the Giants saw it. Now you have to figure out what do you do to help supplement that. It's been years of trying to fix this offensive line, and we still don't have um, a lot of quality pieces. Although JMS looked fantastic. I really liked what I saw in the run blocking game. He was tremendous in pass blocking. You saw him pick up a couple of stunts and twists that look seamless. He's extremely quick to react to things, and he's very smart. So I really liked what I saw from him. You mentioned Jason Pinnock. He was supposed to get on the on the field for a couple snaps. He ended up with a pass breakup, an interception, and a tackle for a loss. I mean, he was playing at a like you know I think Art Sableton said he was he was playing on a major league level against minor league players. Like that's what it looked like. Um, so I loved what I saw from Pinnock. I love what I saw from JMS. But Anthony, anyone else that stood out to you? I know the cornerbacks Trey Hawkins looked really good tackling. He made some really nice tackles. Um, and he was right there in coverage when he was um you know when, when the guys to get out, get advantage of him, but. I really like what I saw from him. And he also followed us on FSG. So I'm going to keep hammering his DMs until he comes on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Trey, please join us for an episode. That would be great. But he's one of the players that I thought stood out. But also the other rookie cornerback, Deontay Banks, I thought he played a solid game. He did let up a reception but quickly made a tackle, which is a big deal because we've seen rookie cornerbacks in the past. They'll get beaten coverage. They'll miss that tackle. And then you're talking 10 to 15 yards after the catch. But at least what we saw with Deontay Banks, quick to make the tackle put the play to sleep, and then also the deep pass to Jamison Williams that he broke up. He went stride for stride for stride with Williams, and Williams is one of the fastest players in the NFL. But we also know that Banks is a pretty fast player in his own right. I'm pretty sure he ran 4-3 speed at the 40-yard dash at the combine. So I liked what I saw from both of those rookie cornerbacks. I have a lot of confidence and comfortability going into the season with those guys. I want to see them continue to develop. So once we get into these next two preseason games, I hope that they get even more playing time, expand on their role, and get to get even more practice before the regular season. Because if Hawkins continues to impress, continues to show you know, a solid tackling ability, maybe he can get a pass breakup, if he's able to nab himself an interception, I do think that this kid pushes for serious regular season playing time. So a really impressive debut for both of those rookie cornerbacks. I was really impressed, but... Then there's another player, second-year player, who also got himself an interception, Dane Belton. He made noise during the joint practices with that awesome forced fumble that he just ripped out of Jameer Gibbs' hands. And then he went into this game, and he got himself an interception, and he looked really good. So looks like the Giants have way more depth in the secondary than we initially thought going into the summer. I thought the secondary was going to be an issue for the Giants. I thought they'd have a problems at cornerback especially with the backups and that safety as well but Pinnock rising to the occasion looks like a legitimate starter now you have Belton working his way in there he also looks like a pretty good rotational piece looks like they have a lot more depth in the secondary than I gave him credit for going into the training camp period so I don't know I, I think that when you're looking at Belton though you guys have any thoughts about him and the way that he's played because this is a player that we thought could take that starting role instead it go it's seemingly going to Jason Pinnock but I still have some faith that Belton can make a pretty solid impact this season yeah, I mean, look, when you're looking at Jason Pinnock, um, he was – I didn't even think about him going into this year. I didn't even think about Jason Pinnock as a starter. But then you hear kind of rumors coming out that um, he could be in the mix. And then suddenly the kid is on fire and he's lighting up training camp and he's looking good in preseason games. And, like, where did he even come from? Um, I have a lot of friends that are Jets fans, unfortunately, and they were all very upset 
that we that they lost Jason Pinnock. They're like, we don't understand. Like we we kept Ashton Davis, who literally is garbage, but we let Pinnock go who had a lot of promise. They still are upset about it. They're like, you guys got a really good one. And you know, Pinnock looks the part of a starter. So it's nice to say and it's nice to see that the strong safety position that we were a bit concerned about a couple weeks ago before we learned about Pinnock and that what they expected of him um, is filled. And it's filled by a good player with a lot of upside. I think he's like 24. I don't even think he's very old. So he's a young piece. I'm excited about him. Uh, but Ali, what are you seeing about the secondary? How would you think about Dane Belton, Trey Hawkins, Banks? Like, what did you think about those guys? Well, I loved Banks personally. I know Anthony touched on it a little bit. He basically had Jameson Williams on lock, I feel like, almost the whole entire time he was on the field, which I really, really, really enjoyed. I thought Dane Belton was really good, that interception. I literally screamed when I saw it. I was like, yes, like we finally um, got one. I think there's a lot of promise with our defense. I feel like our defensive depth, I'm honestly not too worried about my biggest concern was offense. I feel like we looked atrocious, especially once jms came out that was it i thought devito played really good but you wouldn't really be able to tell much just because he was getting sacked and he got sacked about five times and yeah it was just really bad i feel like we really need to focus on our offensive line depth and really figure out what we're going to do because evan neal goes down andrew thomas goes down what are we going to do yeah and even matt Parrott didn't play well that was my guy 2020 nfl draft third round pick that was who i wanted the giants to take in the third round i was ecstatic when they did draft him but ever since then he's been dealing with injuries throughout his career he gets a chance here with evan neal going down to try and prove himself and fight for this um roster spot as the swing tackle and he did not prove himself last night he really struggled i didn't think he looked good in the run game or in the pass game and that's a shame for a guy who's been working with the ones and has had opportunities in the past to start games for the giants this is a guy who's had regular season playing time as a starter and he doesn't look like he is a starter at any level so it, it's really unfortunate to see the the downward spiral of his career in the nfl again injuries have held him back a lot but last night was a real opportunity for him and i just felt like matt Parrott did not make the most of it really though no one on the offensive line did minus john michael schmitz he played great um i loved what he showed in pass protection especially and i think that you know when you're looking at the career that daniel jones has had this is his fifth starting center in week one in the fifth season of his career. He's never had back-to-back seasons with a starting center. But now, John Michael Schmitz, I think we can all confidently say this guy will be a year-to-year starter for Daniel Jones. I think that continuity is huge. And now we can go into this regular season after watching him in this first preseason game with a lot more confidence. Because sometimes we see rookie offensive linemen, as we should know very well with Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas, rookie offensive linemen can struggle pretty immensely to begin their careers. But John Michael Schmitz looks like he should be getting off to a solid start right from the jump in week one. So I'm excited about that. But across the offensive line, as you both mentioned, it's a disaster. The depth there is really, really poor. If we have any injuries on this offensive line, I mean, we're in bad shape because guys like you mentioned, Alex, Corey Cunningham, like I mentioned, Matt Pear, these are not players that we can rely on for numerous games at a time. These are guys that I didn't even want to watch in the preseason, or let alone if we get to the regular season and these guys are still on a roster, I don't want to see them out there at any point. So it's going to be really interesting to see if the Giants go ahead and add any offensive line depth. I would assume that they will. I think they're going to be keeping a close eye on the waiver wire, and I think they're also going to be throwing a few of those offensive linemen on the waiver wire for what it's worth. I can't imagine that Corey Cunningham makes his way all the way to September. So there's a lot to be done with this offensive line, Alex. But when you're looking at the defensive line, I know Tom and Fox got in there for a pressure, maybe a sack as well. There was a few defensive linemen that began to stand out. Um, so, Alex, who, who did you see on the defensive line and in the pass rushing department that you were excited about? 
Um, the, the pass rushing department looks pretty solid in, in some respects. Um, I know someone mentioned yet last night's episode, uh, Baldonado had two sacks or he had a sack and a tackle for a loss and a pass defended and a quarterback hit. He's a rookie, I believe out of Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's a player to keep an eye on. Maybe he lands on the roster, maybe lands in the practice squad. Um, definitely thought that he performed well late in the game against the backup. So that was definitely encouraging. There was also another guy that actually stood out to me, that guy Bauer. Um, I believe that he is a veteran, seven years maybe, but he had five tackles. He had a tackle for a loss and a pass defended. Um, he literally stopped the touchdown. I remember there was a throw to the flat, and he stuck his arm out and knocked it down. Would have been an easy score for the Lions. So, you know, those little plays add up. He has a lot of experience. Mistaken. So a, a decent depth piece there with experience. I wouldn't be surprised if he snuck onto the roster. Um, but otherwise, like we didn't see the main guys, right? Like, we didn't. We didn't even see our backup defensive tackles. We didn't see Ashawn Robinson, Raheem Nunez, uh, Rochez. But you know, we need those other depth pieces to kind of step up. We need those other depth pieces to round out the roster and the, and uh, the reserves on this team. But you know, this is a good chance for these guys to put it on the tape. You know, try to win a roster spot. I think that we saw some good performances. O'Shane Zimenez, and I saw him out there a couple times, had a couple nice tackles. He's a guy that's been on the team for a long time now. I'd say he's probably a fringe roster option at this point, but I think he makes the team because he's a good, pure pass rusher. Not the best against the run, but he's he can rush the passer pretty well. He had a couple of nice sacks early on last year uh, when Kayvon Thibodeau and Zizo Jalar were missing some time, and he had to step in and help the squad. So, uh, you know, we have some good depth. Like, this is the first season where I'm like, we have pretty decent depth on the defensive side, or at least more than we're used to, but we don't have that like next that pass rusher that like helps supplement if Thibodeau or Ojalar miss any time. We don't have that like veteran that's like really solid. You know, we talked about Robert Quinn the other day. We talked about JPP. Um, you know, we we talked about some guys that could step in at a cheap price point and maybe impact this team. You know, Ali, when you're looking at this defensive front, are you a little bit concerned about the depth here, or do you think we're kind of in a good spot? I am concerned a little bit because just like you said, Kayvon goes down, Aziz go down. I'm not really confident there's any other guy that could have the field presence that they do and make that kind of impact. So I do think that is an area that we have to focus on, or Joe at least has to say like, okay, what can I do here? Because one of those guys goes down, we're screwed. That's how I see it. Yeah, I, I mean, I say it the same way. I feel that way about most of the position units for the Giants. I feel like depth across the board is seemingly an issue here because other than secondary, like I said earlier, I like a lot of those defensive backs that the Giants have, the safety position, the cornerback position. There's good depth there, but you look pretty much across the board everywhere else, maybe minus wide receiver as well. I think we have good depth there, but running back depth is kind of a concern. Offensive line depth is a massive concern. Defensive line depth is also a pretty big concern. And linebacker depth is a concern. So there's a lot of holes to fill on this roster. And I do agree with you, Allie. Joe Shane has some work to do between now and the start of the regular season. He's going to have to be really vigilant, keeping an eye on that waiver wire, seeing who shakes free, and scouting a ton between now and the regular season. Because there will be talent that shakes loose after the roster cuts throughout the preseason. And it's going to be really important for Shane to find some of these talents. You know, we know that he can. Uh, he got himself Isaiah Hodgins last year. That was a big waiver wire grab. Um, he actually did get out there and get a little bit of playing time, which I was surprised about that he was on the field. But he got himself a reception. Nice little stiff arm. I like to see Hodgins picking up where he left off. But there is a lot of work to do on this roster. And I will say, circling back to the point about Eric Gray earlier, I really do like the fact that he's playing on those kickoffs. And the reason why, I know that he looks kind of slow and they're trying to make sure that he doesn't fumble. But I think he gains a lot out of being on the return team because 
when you see those gaps and those creases open up while you're returning, they're so much faster to close than they are while you're taking a handoff in the backfield. So, you know, it's, it's a shorter distance when you're going from the backfield to the offensive line versus when you're going from the end zone all the way up to the 20-yard line, and then you're following your blocks. So I think the idea here, minus, you know, getting his ball security up, I think the other idea is how does he read the field? What is his ball carrier vision like when he's running on kickoff? And I think that there's a lot – of value for him to gain personally to sharpen his skills as a runner there, break some tackles and really just get used to the speed of the NFL game because it's a different speed compared to college. And that is abundantly clear on the return game. That is where the speed is at the highest, arguably is on kickoffs and punt returns. But like you guys said, Pimpleton, I'd like to see him out there more, but Alex, I agree with you. I don't think they view him as a wide receiver, just as a return specialist. So we'll see what role he can play um, at any point throughout this preseason. But there's a lot of guys who are standing out. I feel like we haven't talked enough about Tommy DeVito here. He really was impressive last night. I got to show love to him. You know me. Love my Ita- Italian football players as an Italian myself. So I was impressed with him. The connection between him, Tommy Sweeney, they picked up where they left off. That was exciting. But Alex, do you think there's any chance that this guy can make the final roster? Because after last night's performance, comparing and contrasting it with Tyrod Taylor's stinker of a performance, maybe there is a chance. I don't know. Guys, let's be serious. I I like Tommy DeVito. He's a fine young player. But we're talking about Tyrod Taylor versus Tommy DeVito. Can we we (laughs) be realistic about this right now? Um, Look, Tyrod Taylor had a bad performance. But, like, it's almost the same context as this. Daniel Jones goes out and has a bad performance in practice. Is Tommy DeVito suddenly the starter? Obviously not. Like, you're allowed to have a bad performance sometimes. You're allowed to have – I mean, yes, he did send Cole Beasley to the freaking abyss, and he almost made made this man hospitalized. However, you know, aside from that, (laughs) which is kind of a a really bad thing he did, um, you know – Tyra Tiller is what he is. He's a fine backup. He's experienced. And listen, the truth is the truth is this. If Daniel Jones goes down, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Tommy DeVito, we are effed. We're screwed. We're done. We're zip. What's done? The season's done, guys. <laughs> if Daniel Jones goes down, we're screwed. Unless we're picking up Philip Rivers' old ass off the freaking waiver wire. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do here to replace Daniel Jones. You know, that's there's guys like Tyrod Taylor, Tommy DeVito. It's your pick. I don't really care because otherwise we're screwed if that if that is a reality. However, I'll say this. I'd rather have the guy that can run a functional offense, and that is Tyrod Taylor. You know, he knows the offense. He's been in it for a year already. He knows the system. He knows the verbiage. Like, Tommy DeVito walked in and, like, had some good throws. Like, I'm not I'm not saying Tommy DeVito looked bad. I'm saying he looked good against fourth stringers, which is fine. But at the end of the day, you know, he needs time. It's his first preseason game. Tyrod Taylor's been in the NFL for, like, 10 years, guys. Like, this isn't even a conversation. Um, but I will say this. I am excited to keep seeing Tommy DeVito develop his skills because maybe – Maybe he turns into a decent backup and we can move on from Tyrod Taylor after this season and DeVito can back up Daniel Jones. I think that's the more realistic conversation to have personally. Allie, what are you thinking about that? Obviously, you know my opinion now. I personally am not a fan of Tyrod Taylor. He was making me legitimately so mad. I feel like all he was doing was just running with the ball. Like I barely even seen him throw it. And when Daniel Jones went down last season and he went on the field, I think he threw an interception, then got a concussion and that was it that was the story of tyrod taylor so i'm gonna go with my underdog and i would like to see devito a lot more he had what, 155 passing yards which was fine his interception was because it was just like a desperate attempt to try to make something happen i don't put the interception on him at all and i thought the touchdown was fine so you know what i'm gonna vouch for devito here 
I'm over Tyrod Taylor. I don't want to see him anymore. That's it. That's what I have to say on that. Alex, you've been overruled two to one in favor of Tommy DeVito. I'm dead, man. This is this is awful. The first day on the trio podcast, I'm already getting over <laughs> overruled here. Listen, I might have a little bit of bias when it comes to Tommy DeVito. I think that it's fair for me to recognize that. But I will say, Alex, maybe you're overrating Tyrod Taylor just a little bit. Just a little bit. I get I, I get the argument. Good. Jesus Christ. I'm not saying Tyrod Taylor is like a good quarterback. All I'm saying is that Tyrod Taylor is, is 10 years worth of experience compared to Tommy DeVito's one, like one three quarter game of a preseason game. Like, let's, better, let's be honest. He and he did look better. He did look better. But like the truth is simple. Who do you really want running your offense if Daniel Jones goes down? Like the 10-year veteran, the guy who's played one preseason game. You know what I mean? Like realistically okay. right now. So fair. But I think that Ali brings up a good point in this argument that as soon as we had an opportunity for Tyrod Taylor to run this offense, he dove headfirst into a concussion for zero reason against the <laughs> Chicago Bears. And then Daniel Jones had to hey, hobble man, his way back I out call there, that line effort. up at wide receiver. I call that effort. I don't call that, <laughs> I call that effort. Headfirst into a tackle, man. I call that I call that courage. <laughs> call it what you want. I call it stupid. And I call Tommy DeVito the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's how I'm playing this one. <laughs> I'm a big Tommy DeVito. The Italian enjoyer. bias here is absurd. Just because you like I the Sopranos do doesn't mean Tommy DeVito's a like starting cornerback <laughs> in the NFL. He got me excited. Who knows? Our Brock Purdy story just comes out, shocks the world. Hey, Brock Purdy threw three interceptions yesterday in practice. You hear about that? I did not. Oh, well. Yeah. Interceptions happen. Yeah. You know who I haven't <laughs> heard about know. throwing interceptions at practice? Tommy DeVito. I haven't heard that about him. <laughs> well, yeah, because no one's watching the third stringers in the corner. I'm keeping my close eye on Tommy DeVito. <laughs> He's going to have to change his number, though. That's true. That's true. Hey, you know what? Like I said, I think Tommy DeVito could be a, could be a, a fine backup after after this year, like get get a year under his belt, work with the second team, you know, get some preseason action in. Then he could take over when Tyrod Taylor's contract expires. But for now, I don't see it. But you know, I could be wrong. I love to hear perspectives below in the YouTube comments section. I know I'm either going to get roasted or I'm going to be agreed with. I got roasted on Twitter for talking about Devito. They were like, he was missing this read and this read, and he was missing this receiver. And I was like, it is preseason, and this is like his first game. Like relax. exactly, exactly. <laughs> But it, I for him to have looked so good in that first preseason game, that's he all. He did. I'm he was I running. Was he was using his legs. My brother in the corner, like wow, mini Daniel Jones. <laughs> I was like, yo, I swear to God, I, the, the guys you were playing against, I saw that. I saw the that defensive back was my mailman last week. Let's be honest <laughs> here. He was beating up on mailmen and plumbers. Let's not. Let's 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 be serious. Like this wasn't like an impressive <laughs> outing from Tommy DeVito. Like seriously, he made it exciting. The game got boring after a while. They took out JMS. They took out Pinnock. I needed someone That's to true. root for at that point. That's facts. That's facts. I also like that the throw to Tommy Sweeney was a really good throw, and they played at Don Bosco. Okay. Davis, so that was pretty cool. I did. I did I like. There were moments him and Jameson Crowder, like OBJ, mm-hmm. Eli Manning combination there, like. That was the, he looked. James Crowder actually looked decent. I mean, yes, he was going up against mailmen and plumbers, but it's fine. You know, he looks fine, and like he's the, he's not making the team. Unfortunately, James Crowder. I'd rather Cole Beasley, um, if it was up to me. What do you think about that? I think Cole, Be- Cole Beasley looked good. He's reunited with Dable now, so I feel like he knows how to use him. 
Yeah, no, I, I thought that Cole Beasley looked really good. He looked like prime mm -hmm. Cole Beasley at one point. He, he made one of those like stupid, typical slot receiver, catch it in the flat, run backwards and somehow gain five yard plays. Like that's classic Cole Beasley. And he pulled that off. So, you know, it, it's good to see that we have a lot of depth there at that receiver position. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about this, I think, in yesterday's episode, Alex, these veteran slot receivers, they're in abundance, but they all have a legitimate fighting chance to make this roster like you're saying you don't think Crowder has a chance but I don't know he keeps playing well gets more playing time in the preseason keeps lighting it up the Giants might have to hold on to him so I think that with him Cole Beasley Sterling Shepard as we've talked about plenty there's a lot of depth at that wide receiver spot this is one of the few positions as I mentioned that I'm actually comfortable with going into this upcoming season so I like what we saw from Crowder I like what we saw from DeVito I like what we saw from a lot of these guys it was an exciting preseason game for a little bit there Tommy DeVito made it really exciting, so I'm grateful eternally for that. But going into this next preseason game, like we said, there's some things that the Giants really need to work on. Offensive line depth, we'll be keeping an eye on and seeing if they bring anybody in. But overwhelming or overall an underwhelming performance from the Giants with, with a few standouts. I'm glad that we were able to recap that today on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.